This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Sochet. Episode 242 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. The best web hosting for just $3.95 a month, Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting service by WordPress.org. So head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the Bluehost picture to get more information about that today. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to Christmas in July. That is right. Here's what's happening is this is the end of July. We're getting ready to go into August. And what that makes me think about is that we are going to have end of year reviews that are going to be happening pretty soon. And it may not seem like it's pretty soon because it's not even the end of July yet, but it's coming faster than you think. And if we just take a quick pause, a strategic pause and look around and say, all of the things that we said we were going to do this year, where are we with those things? Have we completed everything that was on our goals that we made for ourselves in the beginning of the year for our digital and social customer care programs? So I thought what better time than to rewind you back to December of last year, the last week of 2017, and help you remember what we were talking about when we were doing our end of year issues last year. So that's what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about what an end of year review looks like and that can help you remember, oh, I said I was gonna do these things and I've really gotta make sure that I finish something up. Plus, I've got your episode about end of year goals in a hurry so you can realize if you're not where you wanna be on something, how do you quickly pivot and get into something that you can get accomplished before the end of the year. And this is really to make sure that you're on pace with doing things that are actually going to move your team from being fine to fantastic by the end of the year. So kick back, put those feet up, of course, unless your boss is walking by, that's probably not what you want to do, but kick back and just have a listen. Make sure that you are pen in hand. And if you're driving or listening to this somewhere away from your desk, then just remember that you can go back to the show notes by going to sociallysupportive.com slash episode, and then just throw the episode number in there. Let's do this. Today's inspiration comes to us from Jeff Bezos, who said, My view is there's no bad time to innovate. And our book of the day is by Ivan Fernandez titled The Amazing Amazon, How Jeff Bezos Built an Insane E-Commerce Empire. So why are we talking about Jeff Bezos so much? No, he's not a guest on the show. Did you think, wouldn't that be fun if I had Jeff Bezos just sort of pop on the podcast? Because sometimes I say that to you when I've got a guest coming on. That would have been fun. No, Jeff Bezos is not coming on the podcast. I think he's a pretty busy guy. But we are going to be talking about how convenience is king of customer experience. So I think that a great thing for us to start talking about is Amazon. 
Now I'm going to give you the result first. The result of Amazon is that we recently heard that Jeff Bezos is reportedly worth $105.1 billion, making him the richest person ever. Jeff Bezos is the richest person ever, according to CNN Tech's article titled, appropriately, Jeff Bezos is the richest person in history. And there's a link to that article on the show notes, which are on sociallysupportive.com slash episode 107. So you probably already heard that it's been all over the news. But did we ever stop to think about why he's the richest person ever? And one of the main reasons that I can see why Jeff Bezos is the richest person ever is because of the Amazon experience. And I want us to take a second as customer support, customer experience professionals, and I just want to walk through this. We're so close to it. At least I know I'm so close to it. There are so many smiley boxes that come to my house. It is ridiculous. And why is that? It's that way because of the Amazon experience. So what happens when you go to amazon.com, you can find almost anything that you want. Almost, I'll say almost, almost anything that you want. And that something that you want is almost always in stock. Then when you locate the product that is in stock, you probably even have a couple of different options about buying it. You can buy it straight from Amazon. There's probably an Amazon affiliate. You've got choices about which merchant you're going to purchase this product from. And then on top of almost anything you want that's almost always in stock, as if that's not enough, they go ahead and give you free two-day shipping if you're an Amazon Prime member. Amazon Prime costs $99 a year, and you get free two-day shipping, and then you get their video service where you can watch movies on Amazon Prime included with that Amazon Prime membership. Crazy, right? So then after you get to your free two-day shipping that you check, or if you're not in that big of a hurry, you can get some coupon or discount off of some other service that Amazon offers you. Then you can check out with one click. If you're signed in, you can just click the button to say buy now with one click. Then when your item shows up to you in two days, if it's not what you expected, if it's not what you wanted, the return process is super easy, right? I have had experiences that I will share with you at some other time later returning items to a store. And when you've got twin seven-year-old girls like I do, trying to take them to a store to stand in line with you to return or exchange something is a little challenging. So you don't want to do that if you don't have to. You want to avoid having to go back to the store to return things. So That being the case, Amazon having super easy returns is actually one of my favorite things about them because if I order something and it happens to not be the right item, then all I have to do is go to amazon.com, I click the item, and then I click the button that says I want to return it. And on top of that, it keeps a record of all the purchases that I've made over the past several years. So if ever I think to myself, wow, I really need to buy another one of those things, 
but I don't know exactly what it was or what it's called, but I know I bought it last year and I'm sure I bought it on Amazon. You can scroll through your order history and you can find exactly where you bought that item, right? So it's got a record of all of these purchases and sometimes they've got a real easy button titled buy it again. So if you've bought something in the past and it's still available, you get this button that you just push it and it says buy it again. And then it probably says, are you sure? And lets you continue with that, right? And then the last thing I'll say about the Amazon experience, because this is not the Amazon show, but the last thing I'll say about that is you even get replenishment notifications. If there's something that you would buy repeatedly at some sort of interval, you can even get a replenishment notification that says, hey, um, are you looking to buy this again? You know, buy it again. So all of that is all about what? Every bit of that is about making sure that you have a good experience, but how? Every bit of that is about convenience. That's the experience. And then I would argue the result of all of that experience is that Jeff Bezos is reportedly worth $105.1 billion. So when we look at the return on investment for having a fantastic customer experience, I know that a lot of companies say that it can't be done and that it's too challenging and that it's too expensive, but I would argue that the richest person ever got that way because of the experience that he provides to his customers on Amazon. Because if you roll it all the way back, wasn't he just some guy who started a website where he was selling books online and people said it couldn't be done. People said that he would never make it. And look at what that's grown into. And it's all grown around this idea of convenience around the customer experience. Outside of Amazon, who else does this? Well, we're seeing this huge convenience industry rising up based on the lifestyles that we have today and the interests that we have today. So even in the food category, you've got Grubhub, you've got Uber Eats, you've got Blue Apron, all those different kinds of food services that make it easier for you to eat. You've got rides if you want to go somewhere. There used to only be taxis, and now obviously we have Uber and we have Lyft. And Uber makes it so easy that you just, you know, push in that you want a car. It knows your location. It brings a car right to you. You do your entire transaction on the app so that there's no exchange of currency and you don't have to worry about the tip because you can do it right there in the app. All of these things are built all around convenience. And it goes past that. If you think about dry cleaning delivery, if you think about lawn care companies, if you think about people who walk your dogs, the services that run errands for you, grocery delivery services, it goes on and on where there's this entire convenience industry that is rising up. And it's because we're all very busy and we want to get rid of the tasks that take way too long to do that are repetitive and unnecessary. We want to outsource those at a premium too, by the way. I read somewhere that I think they said up to 11% additional is comfortably paid by people who are outsourcing these tasks. Because sometimes when you buy something on Amazon or you know when you're purchasing some of these things, 
costs more money to get your dry cleaning delivered to you. But when you turn around and look at how much you would have spent to go out and get the dry cleaning and then get distracted and all the work that you didn't get done, that cost benefit sometimes works out much better to pay a premium for that convenience. So what does this have to do with us providing digital and social customer care? It has a lot to do with us. And I think what we need to think about is for our vertical, for our company, for our type of product or service, does your competition do any of these things? You can check them out. You can mystery shop. You can buy whatever your competition is selling and walk through what that experience feels like as a customer of theirs. Find out how long it takes. Find out if you have a question, what happens and how do they respond to that? And how does it feel to be their customer? And then after you've done that, go back through your own process as a customer and find out how it feels to be your customer. And even if you're at parity with your competition, yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot. Shep Hyken talks about this in some of his books. It doesn't take a whole lot to be amazing. You just have to be better than your competition. Go a little further and you're amazing people because nobody else is doing it. So you might have a look at what does your competition currently do and how could you go beyond that? And when you're trying to figure out how you could go about investigating this, I would recommend to you a couple of episodes that we've talked about a lot in the last two weeks as we're starting out 2018, but I would recommend that you go back and have a listen to episode 31, Journey Mapping. And like I said, just on yesterday's episode, I think this journey mapping episode is not about hiring a consultant to come in for six months and do a whole deep dive. And that is a good thing to do, by the way, but it's not necessary for this particular exercise that we're talking about in this capacity. If you just get your team together in a room with a whiteboard and you just start drawing out ideas, how does this particular customer journey look? What about this use case? What does the customer have to do? What about our competition? What does our competition do in this case? Um, or what would we prefer to do in this case if the competition is still doing the same thing? What would awesome look like? And then you can also check out episode 12, Strategic Internal Alliances. And the reason that I recommend that episode to you here is because doing these types of things is really challenging to do on your own. Sometimes it's pretty impossible because there are a lot of different working pieces and interdepartmental connections that happen when we're delivering over digital and customer care and then marketing might be involved. There's a lot of players in there. So I recommend that you check out that Strategic Internal Alliances episode so that you, one, remember all the different departments that could need a seat at the table when you're talking about making some changes. And then two, I would also say that you'll want to have someone on your side when you're trying to make all of this work and definitely have other perspectives and viewpoints before you change too much. I would be remiss if I didn't share with you some ideas on providing convenience. Where could you start? Where would you even start? So three categories come to mind. Number one is anticipate needs. I will share with you that a few years ago when I moved last time, E-Trade sent me an email letting me know that they heard that I moved, so they were going to change my address for me. 
And if I didn't want them to do that, to reach out and let them know. Seriously? Yes, seriously. And I thought it was fantastic. I wrote a blog post about it a couple of years ago. I thought it was fantastic because when you're moving, if you get into that use case, you're very busy. There are boxes here and movers there and there's paper all over the place and people that can't figure out where the utensils are. There's a lot of chaos happening. So that whole step of having to go change the address for every person you've ever done business with is challenging. So here comes E-Trade and they're like, hey, we're sure you didn't think about your stocks that you have with E-Trade. So we're just going to let you know that we changed your address for you. But if that's not the right thing, then let us know. That is anticipating somebody's needs. That's fantastic. And on top of that, you can also do things like calling people when their subscription is about to run out. Or you can send reminders for maintenance, like if you've got vehicle maintenance or something that needs to happen, it's time for you to get your pre-emergent for your lawn care, whatever that is. Make sure that you're sending out reminders and you know, do the presumptive close where it's appropriate, where you're not saying you need to call me back to say it's okay to do the pre-emergent. You just say, hey, we have this agreement. And so unless I hear otherwise, I'm just going to go ahead and take care of that pre-emergent for you. The second of three is do it for me. We talk about this in episode 26, Try It Now. Do it for me is so helpful for customers. You can have your agents do this. Look up my account for me. Don't ask me what my account number is. If you have the opportunity and you have the ability, in every case possible, do it for me. Or is there a different system we could put in place where nobody has to ask for anything and it just appears? Those are interesting things. Fill out the forms most of the way for me. I need you to fill out this form, but I filled out almost all of it. I just need you to sign it. Tell me the important parts. When you're on the phone with a customer, you try to do it. So in social and digital, do the same thing. Maybe we don't just pop them a PDF or pop them a link to something. Maybe we go through the process of saying, Hey, I'm going to send you this link. Essentially, what this document says is this. When you get a chance, have a look at it later. Or I'm sending you this document and this one on page seven, you're going to want to look at first. This is doing most of the work for the customer and it feels really good to the customer. So anticipate needs and do it for me. And the last one on providing convenience is make it easy. Make it easy for me to find what you're telling me about. Make it easy for me to see what you're talking about. Medians co-browse that we talked about on episode 99, that makes it easy for everybody to see the customer and the agent. You might check something like that out and make it easy for me to understand. So say it in simple, concise words where everybody can understand it and there's no confusion. So those are three ideas on ways that you could provide some convenience, maybe places you could start, or at least that gets your thoughts started for what makes sense for your company. Today's episode was brought to you by craftbeerclub.com. Good people drink good beer. Get the finest craft beers from America's best microbreweries delivered right to your door. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click on the picture for Craft Beer Club today to learn more. 
All right, there you have it. Another episode of Christmas in July to make sure that you are on target with either the goals that you set for yourself in the beginning of the year or on pace to shift to a goal that is better aligned with where you want your team to be by December. Focusing on that now pretty much guarantees that you're going to have a much better shot of finishing where you want to finish in terms of strategy for your team. Make sure you tune in next time for the latest in strategy and technology for digital and social customer care. Until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.